listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles. Your table is ready. We've long and This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. It's a Sci-Fi Diner Conversation. It's a place for you, the listeners, speak out and we comment on what you're talking about and talk about different shows and movies we're watching. Welcome to the show. My name is Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Hello, I'm M. Ciro Garcia. And it's awesome to be here tonight. Guys, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Miles, let's start with you. What's going on? What are you doing sci-fi, sci-fi-ish? Well, uh, I just, I surely I purchased an, a, a novel for my Kindle because I saw Christopher Bennett had those books on his shelf. Uh, he has a new uh, Enterprise uh, novel, um, basically uh, sort of a Birth of the Federation type novel. So I'm reading that right now. I'm enjoying that. And I have a little animosity towards a certain um, guest I met at the con because he was like, totally cool towards me and, and nice and stuff. And I hadn't watched the show before, but now I feel obligated to watch the show and I, I need another show to watch. Like, a, you know, <laughs> I need a hole in the head. So Neil Grayston, curse you, man. You had to be a nice guy. You had to be cool and you had to make me watch your show now. And I'm watched seven episodes of it and I'm really liking it. And, you know, well, Miles, I fully expect it'll be through the series in about two months. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know about that, but I do know that uh, I'm, I'm enjoying Eureka right now, and not sure why I didn't watch it when it was first on, but it's all on Netflix right now, so I can just you watch just away. One episode right after the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about for you, Em? What's going on in your sci-fi world? Well, I have, I am watching Buffy, which I used to rail against with all of my soul because I don't like that kind of twilighty, squishy, poppy kind of bubblegum fantasy. But I made a deal with uh, a new friend, Heather, um, that she's watching DS9. So I said, well, then I will watch Buffy. She made the deal. She's like, I'll watch DS9 if you watch Buffy. (laughs) So I made it through the first season without wanting to stab my eyes out. And I've kind of worked through, and in season four, the episode I just watched called Hush, it's something happens and everybody in the town loses their voice. First off, most of these people should have moved away from Sunnyvale by now with all the crap that goes on there. But <laughs> they're true. all still there. And this episode is completely done like a silent film. And I've in my film class that I started taking three weeks ago, we were discussing, you know, the the use of, of just music and expression to tell a story. And they I, I'm kind of I don't I'm not in love with the show, but I really I'm enjoying it. Right. I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not underwhelmed, I'm slightly whelmed. It's kinda neat. Well, you got your friend into Star Trek, so that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, she's really digging it, as far as I know. Yeah. 
Um, she could be lying. She could be. Bless her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so in my sci-fi world, I am watching DS9 mm-hmm. again because <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> finished it. Like so. Uh, and before you joined the show, I was like, I went through, I went through Next Generation, worked my way through Voyager, and I started DS9, and I got to about the beginning of season five of DS9 and kind of petered out. Um, so I worked my way through a bunch of episodes last week. I was having a real hard week, and I just like crashed and was just watching. And I got to the end of season five, and holy smokes, did this, 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 did this series suddenly take off? Mm-hmm. You got the Dominion Wars? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Holy Hannah! You know what's going on here? Yeah. Um, it's just been it's just been awesome. So I'm about three or four episodes into season six and absolutely loving DS9 and wishing I had a little bit more time to watch that do right now because again, school's starting. But it's great. It's awesome. I'm enjoying it. And I it wasn't like I was hating the show, it was just it wasn't enough in that said that kept me coming back saying, Oh, I gotta tune into this show. So Well now now that, you're in season six. Now that I'm yeah. It's more of a you know a, a, a war drama, and it's, and it's a long story arc, so you can't – none of these episodes are – well, at least very few of them are, are actually just one-off episodes. It's, it's, it's a continuing thing. Well, that's good. That's why I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing how they resolve it. So I, I am certainly enjoying good. Star Trek again. So that's very good. Uh, the only other thing that I'm doing is I – told you, I think the last time that I was starting the Wheel of Time series, mm-hmm. right? I couldn't put this book down. I am about, I'm listening to it, and it's a seven times four, it's like a 30-hour book, right? The 30 hours, I'm one hour away from finishing it. Mm-hmm. So that tells you how much I've listened to it in the past, you know, two weeks. Wow. So uh, I couldn't put this down. And at first I was like, I began reading it in paperback because I have like two copies of this book in paperback, right? And I was like, I got about three, four chapters into it. It wasn't hooking me. I said, well, maybe I'll listen to it because people always talk about the Wheel of Time series. And so I finally listened to it. And after about, I got about a fourth of the way through the book, this book began to hook me. And then I began to not be able to put this down. <laughs> Don't curse you, Robert Jordan. And, you know, I'm, and so, in fact, there's even a portion of it I'm using in my classroom next week. Because it just plays into what I'm going to be teaching, and uh, but I'm absolutely loving the series. So I'm almost done with it, and I'll tell you what I thought of it next time we join you. I'll probably be in book two by that point. So I only have 13 more books to go. <laughs> no. Only 13. Yeah. <laughs> Each about 500 pages long. So that'll keep you occupied. They are not short books. So, but. Oh, well, let's move into some listener feedback here. Emma, are you, would you be willing to read this first piece of listener feedback from Chris Wilson, who uh, read a book that we talked about? He, he read uh, One Second After, which was recommended to me by Jim Arrowood. And so he is, he recommended it. And uh, then Chris picked it up based on our recommendation and absolutely loved it. Let's hear what he has to say. Go ahead, Emma. Okay, well, I'm not going to, I won't do his wonderful accent justice. So, Chris, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Um, hi, guys, it's Chris Wilson from Wales and just wanted to let you know I just recently read one second after by William F. Foster. That's the way Is I that right? That sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. 
William, I'm so sorry. Yes. Uh, after you guys recommended it as a good read on your show, and I have to say, it's one of the best books I've read in a long time. Well written, well written, with really good characterization, with a story that grabs you from the first page. I couldn't put this down, even though it is extremely violent and graphic, but not gratuitous. I think it was needed for this type of story. Sometimes it was just so sad that I wanted to put the book down, but the story was so engaging. I couldn't thank the guys. It's kind I, of I think he's really thrilled that you guys yeah, yeah that you guys have have no, shared this. Yeah. On a second note, on a second note, if you guys would be interested in my top 5 at 5, which would be the top 5 books of Ian M. Banks, who sadly passed away a few months ago. He was one of Britain's top sci-fi authors. Not sure how popular he is over in the U.S., but if you're interested, let me know, and I'll be happy to send it across. Love, Chris Wilson. I edit the love part. <laughs> I know. And Chris, <laughs> we would love to have your top five books from Ian M. Banks. That I think that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever read yeah. anything by him. I have not, but I think... Um, I've heard have- of them. We have our listeners to appreciate good recommendations. And so yeah, that absolutely. Would... So please send those top five in. We would love to hear it. And we're glad that you enjoyed the uh, One Second After. I thought it was one of these books that I couldn't put down. In fact, there was a point. You ever get to this point in a book, Miles, or M maybe? You get to a point in a book where you know something bad's going to happen and you just almost can't make yourself read on? Oh, Yeah. Oh, and then you're like, like, okay, I'm going to make myself do it. I know it's going to be painful. Well, there's a point in this book, like there's a a highway scene, right? So right after everything goes kablooey, they're driving around this old Etzel that wasn't affected by the NP pause because it's too old, Mm -hmm. you know, the old tube electronics. And, And they're driving along this highway and they stop and there's this lady there and there's all these men, some of them are drunk, that were stranded on the highway. And I'm just like, Oh my God! They're going to rape her. They're going to do something bad. And I just couldn't. I couldn't make myself read it for a little bit. I had to like wait. And finally, I said, "I'm just going to push through. I can do it. I can do it." Scott, you can do it. That's what was happening. And so when he talks about that, there were some parts that he just wanted to put down. Totally understand that. Mm-hmm. It's one of these types of book, and it is definitely well written. But hmm. so Miles M, you got to read this book. Done. It's on the list. It's on the list. It's on the list. Well, I'll take this next one. This next one is actually from, what is it, GB, is it Hajim? Is that the way you pronounce his name? I don't recall. Uh, I totally, me, yeah. So, yeah, GB, I'm totally botching your name. But it actually is not necessarily about him. He's worked with us before, but he's, he wrote it in to let us know about a con. M, ears up. It's about a con that's taking place yeah. in, oh, Hawaii, yeah. in Hawaii. Right. Done. I'm going. Sign me up. So this is Hawaii Con, and it was kind of born out of GB's work when he was cast in a new sci-fi comedy, Taken and Shaken, when the stars kept asking, why isn't there a convention in beautiful Hawaii? Well, Hawaii Con was founded by GB himself. Um, and so there are a lot of people involved with this. It is taking place in is it Hapuna Beach Print Resort. On September 12th through 15th next year. So we should do a Kickstarter campaign to go there, Miles. Go you to know? Hawaii and go to a sci-fi con? I right, mean, right. Come on. It doesn't we get much better than that. for this, right? <laughs> um, it's two, two, two treats in one. Heck I know. Yeah. I know. I know. So th- there's going to be top panels there with top-rate scientists, including the NASA Mars mission team, lead scientists from oh. the observatories. They have some great observ- observatories out in 
Hawaii. Experts on space voyaging mm-hmm. conferring with the best Hawaiian navigators and explorations into the importance of mythologies. Hawaii.com will also feature a collection of above, beloved stars, including, including, you ready? Some Stargate alumni, Tori Higginson. Who we've Ra- talked to before? Yep. Rachel Luttrell, nice. who we didn't talk to but saw. Paul McGillian. And Andy Frizzle. I don't know who he was in the show. Do you know who he was in the show? I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, uh, from Babylon 5, I'm talking to you, Raul. And <laughs> with Star Hike is Claudia Christian, Patrick Tallman from Babylon 5, and Star Trek. Do you know who she was? I, I, I'll look that up. I'm not uh, sure. Come on. You're letting me down, Miles. Right. It's That's a guest Star star. Trek. It's a guest star. I don't it's know. It's a guest, guest star. star. <laughs> All right. Um, and Gigi Edgley from Farscape, David Franklin from Farscape, and Xena, and Jessica Nicole from Fringe. You hear that, Wayne? Fringe. Anyways, <laughs> it sounds like an awesome guest list. And Hawaii. Come on. A con in Hawaii. We have to go. Oh, man, that's that that's tempting. <laughs> I'm wondering if we I bet since we know Jabeem and we had him on the show, I bet we get in for free. I bet we could easily do a get on as a it's, press pass. I, we, we, it would just, possibly? Be get, it'd just be getting there. That's going to be diff- somewhat and difficult. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you guys have, you know, you've got kids and wives and stuff. I'm single. Why don't I just go? Right. And that way you don't have to, you know, be so far away from your family. Right, right. So we can enjoy the con <laughs> vicariously through you. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So Kickstarter hey, campaign I took for Hey, I class. Yeah. My kumahula would love it if I went... If I actually went to Hawaii and, and did everything, I'm learning how to play the ukulele. Right, right. Of course. I mean, it was meant for me to go. Kickstarter, here we go. We need a, We really need to hook you up with Miracle Lari. Yes, Miracle Lari. Because she yeah. plays the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Her and her husband do, yeah. Yeah, from Ukbok here. Ukbok here. Yep, right? true. Yep. And, uh, and then, of course, she's Melly from Dollhouse, and she hoopas. Yeah. We have video of her <gasps> doing it. Uh, oh, nice. So... I love hula. I studied it for three years. It's such a great. It's and it's it's such a beautiful culture. So mahalo back at you, GB. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Miles, why don't you read this? Uh, this was some feedback from uh, Damien, mm-hmm. and uh, he's responding to us talking about the replicators, those three D printers, right? Uh, on one of our shows. Go ahead. So this is what uh, Damien has to say. Uh, replicators. I remember seeing an article on using large versions of 3D printers to construct the eventual lunar base using concrete made from moon rock and the walls squeezed out like toothpaste in a circular pattern, building like a, a building dome-like structure. So that's cool. Uh, Korean films. Have you seen the the host monster flick that came out a few years back? Awesome film. As for Batman, I did like Bale, but I think his tenure as Batman is over. I like to see a, a new actor in the in the cowl. Okay, let's start back with the first. Heresy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Up. We'll get, we'll allow your thoughts here in a second. The replicators. I didn't hear about this thing about building a base in the moon this way. Did you hear about that? That's news to me. I, I'm going to have to try to learn more about the whole 3D printer thing. That's a. Uh... It's definitely a fascinating thing, like mm-hmm. we talked about before. And did you hear anything about that? The whole dome structure, like squeezing it out, like toothpaste type thing. I haven't, but it makes absolute sense. I mean, it's the same thing that they're thinking about for the, you know, it's one of those dreams for them for a manned Mars mission that they can use, the, you know, they'll use what's around to build whatever they need to build. And that makes absolute perfect sense. The con- Just conceptually, the 3D printers I've seen, you know, they're of large scale. And so what they'd send up to the moon has got to be huge and I'm sure HP would love that contract. 
<laughs> no doubt. Korean but other film, printers yeah. are available. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Korean films. Uh, have you seen The Host? Uh, no, I have not. I have not either. Have you, um it's actually it's on my list. I've, I have a friend who is trying to introduce me into horror movies and monster movies, and that's on there. And it's if it's the one I'm thinking of, he we're gonna have to watch it in the daytime because <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at horror movies. And he is not a fan of Bale. <laughs> <laughs> so I know Damien and Damien, darling, we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to discuss this. Yes, you will. Uh, you know, here, here's the deal. On our main show, which you're going to hear coming out next week, you'll hear uh, our full discussion as to why M feels this way about Christian Bale. But mm-hmm. uh, she mm-hmm. loves Christian Bale's Batman. You know, I can see your point about let's get someone new in the cow, but it depends on what we're doing. If we're kind of rebooting the story a little bit, then maybe a new person in the cow. But if what we're doing is continuation, it really makes sense to have Christian Bale there. Yeah, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we talked about this two weeks ago also about possible older actors that might um, might play Batman. So, yeah, we just don't know what where they're going with with this Justice League movie yet. Yeah, so we'll just have to, we'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Em, um, do you want to take this uh, short little vignette by Carl where he talks a little bit about – this is also, I think, something we talked about in the last show. Do you see it, Em? Sure, I'll read what Carl's got here. Carl writes in and says, I highly recommend Breaking Bad. It is one of the best acted shows I've ever seen. If Bale returns as Batman, then I'll be interested to see the next film. boy. <laughs> With respect to Snowpiercer, Song Kang-ho is one of the greatest South Korean actors. He's been in some of my favorite South Korean films. Also the director, Bong Joo-ho, I know, I learned how to say this. <laughs> Bong Jun ho I think that's right. That's if not, someone will smack me in the head when she do. sees me. Um, has produced award-winning film after award-winning film. Memories of Murder, The Host, Mother, and I am jacked to see this. Dude, I'm with you. Dude. I'm on top of it. Snowpiercer looks amazing. I know. And The Host, he obviously he was a part of The Host, so very good. The director of The Host. Um, and he is obviously for Bale as Batman. And Carl, I'm very sorry to say that I Carl's have... my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Damien. You are out. No. Uh, we love you, Damien. But uh, Carl, I'm going to be honest. You know, Breaking, Breaking Bad, we watched the first episode and we have not made it into any others. I think our week has just been, we've been so busy, so swamped. My wife is getting ready to leave for Haiti again. And I am just, and school starting up, I just have no energy to delve into another show right now. But someday I will. So. Um, and you need some energy to delve into that definitely show. definitely well uh, thank you Carl and Damien for writing in we have uh, some audio feedback from Rick from Wisconsin and we had him on the show uh, what show was that he was on we were reviewing um, I think it was was Fifth, Fifth Element? Element Fifth yeah. Element he was, yeah, Fifth yeah. Element he was mm-hmm. on so we gotta do a rewind again sometime we gotta uh, yeah, talk we should, after that'll be fun we gotta talk after about that okay um, but let's go ahead and hear what he had to say Hey, Scott and Miles, and anyone else who might be guest hosting this week. This is Rick from Wisconsin calling. And I finally got caught up to watching the season finale of Continuum and Falling Skies, which I had fallen behind on a little. I thought um, 
Continuum definitely had a very strong ending. Uh, very kind of hard to figure out at this point exactly what's happening as far as the future that we're seeing uh, when we see future events, but these are things she can undo, or if, like she thought in this last episode, maybe she actually is causing this to come about. And it definitely was kind of a cliffhanger to see that uh, corporation stamp on that ship and realize that it's basically brother against brother in the future, uh, which makes me wonder why did he decide to send uh, some of them into the past and send this message to himself. Uh, he didn't like, you know, what happened, and he thought he could make it go differently, but it looks like it might still be unfolding the way it always has. I don't know. Very interesting. Lots, lots to think about there. And uh, Falling Skies had a, a reasonably good ending. Uh, I thought the writing was a little weaker this season, but I still did enjoy most of it. And I'm looking forward to next year, but wondering how much longer they can drag it out. So maybe next season should be a final season and, uh, you know, go out on a, on a high note. Under the Dome has gotten very interesting. Definitely reached a point where the events don't uh, mirror very much at all what is in the book. And uh, it looks, you know, like they definitely can stretch the story out further. Uh, the character of Barbie is a, a little darker than the character in the book, although this last episode I think made him uh, a little more likable, I guess I could say, except I don't, don't think he should be hooking up with Julia just yet. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Jim Rennie is definitely more likable person than, than the guy in the book, uh, although he took a, a darker turn in the last couple episodes too, so that's been very interesting. Uh, there's not much else on television right now, so uh, my wife and I discovered a, a new channel we didn't have before because we just got DirecTV, and it is uh, showing re reruns of Farscape starting at the beginning, so we're going to be rewatching Farscape, so maybe mention some of that in the future. And uh, I did see Elysium, really liked it, I would say, for the movies that I've seen this year. Uh, I would put Star Trek into darkness first, and I think Oblivion second. Pacific Rim is about tied with Elysium in my book, you know. Uh, so those are, those are like the top movies this year. And uh, don't see many other movies on the horizon coming up until Ender's Game comes along or maybe Thor comes along that I'm going to be concerned with seeing in the theater. So that's about all I have today. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Rick, from Wisconsin for calling in and giving us your thoughts about some of the things you're watching. Let's start with this TV shows. Mm -hmm. So we talked at length a little bit about um, Continuum and uh, was was did the finale come on? There's one more episode uh, end of next week that I know of. I was looking at my DVR, and so yeah, there, there, there's going to be another one this week. I don't know if that's the season finale or not, but um, so yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. And um, and and we probably talked about this. you are not watching Continuum. Is that right, or are you? I I don't have access to it. That's right. Because I don't have the TV anymore. That's right. That's right. 
Um, so I, I'm not watching it this season, but uh, what do you think about his assessment of what he what was being said here? Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. As far as is Kira changing, changing the future, or is she do, or is her actions actually going to create the future that she knows? That's that that's that's a theme that's definitely explored in the, um, this season. Um, she's afraid that she pushed Julian over the edge, and he'll still become the guy that she knows and hates in her time. So uh, it's not it's not chiseled in stone yet, um, but she was fearful of that mm. yeah 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 so uh falling skies no surprise there we've been talking a little bit about the weaker writing this season he's mm-hmm. of the opinion that it should end at the end of next season yeah. or potentially end there mm-hmm. um this sounds like and again i did not watch this current season for some reason just didn't get into it or didn't take the time to buy it on, on apple um but it seems like this show would benefit from having a definitive finale somewhere down the pike. I would agree. I, I think th- this will be it's season five, season five next year. So, in, in a show like this, I mean, I think yeah, I, I would agree that, that they should think of a, a series finale for 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 this. Yeah. Uh, I, I think myself, Jim, and Rick, we've all felt the same thing. The, the, the writing hasn't been as as strong as as the past three seasons have been. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Rick. Yeah. So let's talk Under the Dome. Um, And I am still (laughs) episode three and four. I did not make it past. So I'm so behind in this. Um, But I'm glad some people are watching it. And what the heck's with the mini dome? We don't know anything about it. <laughs> a mini, I've been seeing like people talk about this mini dome. Yeah. There's a what? There's a mini dome. In, with, there's a dome within the dome. I, I don't know. Okay. Go I ahead, love go it. Ahead. I will call it mini dome. Mini dome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the two kids, um, I, I know their characters' names, but um, the teenage kids, they find this thing. Is this the guy that's doing like the, mapping the circumference of the circle? Yeah, him like, and yeah, him and the one girl. They both are having the seizures where they right. they they say the pink stars are falling. Right. Pink um, stars are falling. But they t- they both touched it, and the girl sees an apparition of her mother standing there. She doesn't say anything. She just sees her there, um, and then later on, um, the the redhead, the journalist, she goes up to she's. The one kid brings her to it, and, and she puts her hand on it, and she sees an apparition of the teenage boy, and he says, the monarch will get the crown or something like that. Um, so we don't know what this, this thing is. It's just it's another mystery that, 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 that's already an already mysterious place. <laughs> yeah, and so this guy that was unlikable in the book but is a little bit more redeeming – um, I think he was saying that uh, Barbie is yeah, Barbie. That's right. I was trying to remember his name. He's he, he's a little. I think if I understood, Rick was saying he's a more a little maybe a little more dark in the TV series than he is in the in the book. I don't know if I if I heard him right, um, but I do see Barbie still trying to redeem himself and do the right thing. But this is a man with a past, and oh, definitely he accidentally killed uh, that this 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 girl's. Uh, husband, it is a girl he's now shacking up. With. He's now he, he's he's definitely shacking up with. Um, <laughs> so it, it's definitely creating some drama there. Um, Big Jim, uh, a lot of things going along with him. Um, so you think he, he's 
he has the face of doing what's best for the community, but he has his own agenda. And this this last episode, um, there's a third party that was introduced. Um, yeah, so I heard uh, Mike Crate talks about that in some of the uh, feedback. He said, I seriously do not like the idea of new characters just appearing so far into this initial run, and such a central character as well. That said, it was Natalie Zia from Justified following in Californication, so I was sort of all right with it. <laughs> so I guess she wasn't hard on the eye? No, she wasn't hard on the eye. <laughs> so... Uh, Pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Troy said, as John Locke would say, we're going to have to watch that again. Wayne Henderson, who does Under the Dome podcast, uh, said, insanity and things are about to go haywire in Chester's Mill. Oh, yeah. M- more things are going to hit the fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lee Kemp had to say, good episode. Uh, the egg was very cool. And more killing by the nut job. Big Jim's kid is just a matter of time when someone takes him out, too. I was ready for someone to take him out after the second episode, so I'm right, just, right. So, so whatever. So, uh, but he had a um, in this last episode, he 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 had a more of a, 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 a crucial role where the girl he kidnapped, um, she ends up having that same seizure, and she talks about the, the pink stars falling. And well, his, his his deceased mother had this art studio and had a painting. You know, it's this painting of him as a little boy, but these pink stars are falling. So it's like, so there's a tie in somehow. There's a tie in. So, um, he still play, he's still integral part of the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And uh, so he also talked one more thing. We'll talk about before we go out of Rick's email, Rick's voicemail here. He saw Elysium and I understand miles and M you both saw this movie. Oh yeah. My wife and I caught it, um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. M, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience in this movie? Um, so I saw the first half of Elysium. Right. Because... There's, there's, and there's a reason and for that. Yeah. yeah, and I'll share that with everybody. There's, I mean, I'm not going to spoiler it. There, my dad passed away in April of um, CMML, which is a form of... Actually, it's AMML, uh, which is a severe form of leukemia. And it's, it hits home. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm watching the movie, which is gorgeous and crazy and amazing. And the characters and all of it's just wonderful. There's one character that is revealed to have stage four leukemia. And for those of you who have lost a parent and there sometimes you don't know when and you don't know where there's a trigger that will unleash hell and unleash I, I started to hyperventilate and I couldn't stop crying. So I left the theater and my friend who was with me was really sweet. And so we're planning to go see the second half of the movie at some point. <laughs> but what I saw up until then was just amazing. And, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little speech. I don't even know how to really describe it. Um, the guys who made this film, they made that film about the aliens in South Africa. What, what was D- it? District 9. District 9. Yeah. So the dude from District 9 is in this movie, and he is a total, like, he is a, a, a roboed out, like, madman. And just, uh, he's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. And Elysium is beautiful. And the story just, I didn't expect it to go where it went. And then I w- I'm hoping to see the other half of the movie. <laughs> but Miles can finish it off. Like, I, okay. I left right at the point where... Um, uh, they relieve that they revealed that information, and then 
I'm sure Miles has got plenty more he could tell us. I'm sure. It definitely delves into social commentary. It's how so. Well, talking about oh yeah. Well, a couple things. Um, the whole class system, the haves, the have-nots. Um, the, the haves have basically unlimited health care that, um, that, that keeps them alive and basically can cure almost any, virtually any disease they have, um, but it's only available on Elysium. Uh, you also have people trying to get to Elysium, and so you kind of have the whole what's going on in this country, the whole immigration, the whole, Im- the whole yeah, the immigration issues. Um, and so, mm-hmm. um, so as far as a social commentary movie and asking those questions, I thought it did a pretty good job with that as far as, you know, just another way to, another way to, to, to talk about them. So, uh, it was also interesting. I don't know if, if this was purposeful or not, maybe, but, the place on Earth takes place is basically run down Los Angeles, and uh, a lot of the people who are trying to get to Elysium, you know, are Mexicans. So I'm just wondering, this 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 disappears very purposeful as far as the statement the, the oh, yeah. writers are, are trying to make. So um, it's a lot like District a uh, District Nine in that sense. A right. lot like District Nine yeah. in that sense. It tells it tells a very ugly story of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, and it's um, and how was Matt Damon and uh, and Jodie Foster? Um, I thought Matt Damon did a pretty good job in this. I saw it with my wife. My wife wanted to see this. This was like the, the weekend after her birthday, so we we, we saw this. Um, she was kind. Of, I, I was kind of lukewarm about Jodie Foster. My wife was, and she didn't care for her performance at all. She said she was using this this faux English European accent at times, and it just seemed out of place and. Um, so she mm-hmm. didn't, she didn't care for Jodie Foster much in this movie. Oh, very good. But, well, some uh, some of you. Jodie was. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Anna. sorry. Jodie was was very dark, very dark, and very soulless. And that cuckoo South Africany British accent was it, it was distracting. I think if they had just let she just spoken in her own accent in her own voice. It would have lent it to be even richer, but I was distracted by the craptastic accent. Right. Mm-hmm. But she was still kind of – she was a total B, man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, some, other, some of you said uh, – some of you listeners said Rick, – Rick said, uh, I thought most of the science was plausible, elements as old as H.G. Wells, but still valid possibilities. Effects were top grade, and I wasn't certain how it would end. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but they made this movie for – Right around ninety million dollars, yeah, which is like a song these days. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's a, that's almost low budget today. Yeah. yeah, contrary to what Rick said, Joseph said, "Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I can tell how I think it will end from the trailers." Sorry, but but to me, that's a fun, the fun part of seeing how they get there. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Mark said, "I thought that the world building was amazing CGI up to District Nine standards. Great to see three South American actors in prominent roles in one film." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And if you want to read a real in-depth scene analysis of it, Jim Arrowwood's Jim Sci-Fi blog wrote a detailed review on it. So make sure you go check it out. Right. Because uh, he does talk about that a little more in detail. And talking about Jim, he wrote in and he gave us a very long, some very long feedback. And uh, let's uh, split this up. Um, 
why don't I take the first one on a movie? So I'll start the email out. Miles, why don't you take the one on TV? And M, do you want to talk about the books? It's just a short, sure. just a short bit there at the end on the books. Sure. Um, so let's just read it. This is what Jim had to get to say. He, he writes, Scott, Miles, and M, just M. It's been a while, and I wanted to pass along some of my thoughts about some recent movies Steph and I saw, as well as a few TV shows we're watching and a few books I read. Here we go. Movies. After Earth. Steph and I saw this at the drive-in. It is a first double feature along with Oblivion. It was probably a good thing it was the first feature. Otherwise, we'd probably left. On the positive side, the story had promise, and it was visually stunning. The other side of the coin, the entire movie was very predictable. They didn't make use of all the potential the story contained. It could have been much more if it was deeper and a more complex story. Related, it had the potential to be a fantastic sci-fi movie, telling a story focused on the relationship between a father and a son. I really thought that's where it would go, but I was disappointed to find it really wasn't a father-son story at all, other than there was a father and a son central to the cast of characters. Predictable and shallow. A great idea with no depth. While it wasn't awful, I can't really recommend it. Rent this one when you run out of other things in your Netflix queue. Ouch, Jim. Yeah. That's pretty harsh. That, that is harsh. Like we heard some media reviews, but he's pretty harsh about this, right? Um, did you see After Earth? I didn't. Yeah, well, um, neither did I. So. I saw it. Yeah. I, mainly because every review I saw were that that ex- were pretty – Jim just summed it up. Into the perfect three words, predictable and shallow. Everyone I heard, everyone I read, it, it just maybe one day if it's snowing and there's nothing else on TV or there's nothing else on the Netflix, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, time to watch it. So, but <laughs> but you didn't quite feel that way. You you enjoyed the movie, didn't you? Uh, now, granted, it's been over ten years. I mean, I, I saw it. I didn't see it in the movie theaters. I saw it when it came out. Um, We're talking about After Earth with Will Smith. Oh, I'm thinking of another movie. You're thinking of. The day the Earth stood still, maybe. No, I'm th- you know I'm thinking you know what I'm, you know what I'm thinking I'm t- Titan AE. That's what. Oh yeah, no, this is something different. This is the one with Will yeah. Smith and his kid. I didn't I didn't see it at all, so I can't comment. <laughs> all right, all right. It's so forgettable. Miles thought it was a different movie. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> it's that way, bad. Yeah, it's that bad. <laughs> uh, conversely, Oblivion. He said, "I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but we thought this was a solid film. It woke us back up huh. after After Earth, and was stunning to watch. And the story was definitely interesting." I want to go see it again. And he has. I think he rented it, actually, and saw it and loved it. So, and uh, you okay. saw Oblivion, Miles? I, not, and no, so M, you watch. saw Oblivion? I haven't seen it. It just came on, it just came on as rentable yes. on uh, on the iTunes. Yeah. So I will be, it's on the, uh, it, We I grabbed it for this weekend. Yeah, good. Well, I definitely I want to see it. I want to see it too and have it. Pacific Rim, we heard a lot of good things about this. He said, we saw this on the IMAX screen in 3D and afterwards thought it was worth the extra cost. Pure, nonstop, okay. unadulterated action and entertainment. And as becoming the case with the new 3D films, none of the gimmicky objects coming out of the screen at you. It was immersive. By the way, there's a Japanese anime series and franchise called Neon Genesis Evangelion that emerged in the mid-90s. The concept behind the storyline is remarkably similar to Pacific Rim, but it didn't catch in the credits whether or not there's a content relationship between NGA, NGE and Pacific Rim. 
After some quick research, it appears the Pacific Rim writer claims no direct influence. Seems amazing to me, having been a longtime fan of NGE and seeing Pacific Rim. Nonetheless, Pacific Rim was fun and stands on its own. Grab your bucket of popcorn, grab a seat. Huge robots fighting huge alien monsters. Need I say more? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this one yet. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'll. It's a rental for me. It, 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 me it's too. In my, it's in my queue. Mm-hmm. Uh, M, you see Pacific Rim? No, it's in it's it's a rental for yeah, me as yeah. well because. But he's, I wasn't caught by it. I. Yeah. Jim's got great taste. He's got really good taste in movies, and then if if it's still in a theater, maybe I'll catch it in a theater. Yeah, you know what? Uh, some other people called. Didn't Rick uh, call in and recommend it as well and said he really loved this movie? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just... And he loved it in 3D. He's the second person that said loved it in 3D. And we're kind of you know, ambivalent in 3D. But. And, and Jim Jim is also not sold on 3D. So the fact that he... I guess he did... He's in other other yeah. podcasts. And so the fact that he likes it in 3D for this movie, yeah. that, that that speaks volumes. One more film he saw, we won't really talk about it a lot, but World War Z. I saw the I, I saw the book. I read the book and frankly didn't like it, but the movie trailer lured me into the theater. We really enjoyed the movie. Was it a must-see? No, <coughs> but it's definitely a fun flick to watch. Again, mm-hmm. one of those I want to rent. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait till it comes available yeah, on a rental. Yeah. yeah. So TV, go ahead. So in TV, he, he was saying about, saying about Orphan Black. We came late to this show and mainlined the first season in about a week. Uh, we love it and can't wait for season two. Continuum, we're still enjoying uh, this show a great deal. There's a wide lane or multiple lanes. They can drive the story down and not have it all fall apart if they do it right. Continuum will remain interesting and, and should last for many seasons. Falling Skies... Sadly, it's dragging a bit, even though the last few episodes were better than usual. This show is one of those I enjoy when I'm, when I'm watching it, but then I realize I'm not thinking about it at all between episodes. Then a new episode comes, and I think, oh, yeah, Falling Skies is on. That's probably not good if I reflect the average viewer. Now, on Under the Dome, there's my interest, but I don't see how it will endure past the second season. Then again, I said that about the TV show 24. I, I react to this like I do Falling Skies. I forget it's on until it's actually on. My least favorite show... My least favorite of the four shows I've mentioned. Yeah, and uh, Under the Dome. Oh, so he's he he likes Under Under the Dome least, hmm. right? Or is it? Um, yeah, that's what. He, yeah. Yeah, it's the least. Wow. Yeah. Well, so I'm hearing a lot of positive feedback about Under the Dome, but mm-hmm. uh, and I knew about Falling Skies. He really ripped. Did he? Was he the one that really ripped Falling? Oh yeah, Skies, he, 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 a he, new one basically he, about the mm-hmm, way exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He hated the end of that thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, well, we know what you feel about that, but yeah. Uh, books. Go ahead, Em. Talk about some of the books he's reading. Um, books. I recently finished the book Wool by Hugh Howie. A cool premise, and I give it three out of five, and we'll read the sequel soon. I'm almost done with Robopocalypse by Daniel H. Wilson and give it a four out of five. I understand we'll see Robopocalypse on the big screen soon. Could be very cool. I'll send in some thoughts for future Sci-Fi Rewind soon. BTW, M is a great addition to our diner stem. Oh, can we keep her? Yay. Winky smiley face. Yes, yes. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> very sweet. Thank you. Yeah, M got the love I'm this all week. Blushy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, M got the love not only from uh, from Jim, from JP online. JP said about the podcast, we'll come back to Jim's uh, books here in just a second, but he said, JP said, Awesome Sci-Fi Diner podcast and Sierra and, and, and Emily even more awesomer. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So, 
And, and then he said, He's, thanks, Emmy. You know what you did? You brought delicious to the diner. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't realize I said the word that much, but now I guess that's my tagline. It is your tagline, yeah. Yay. Well, it's very, you guys are, that's very sweet. Look, I'm just riding on coattails. <laughs> I have no interest in building something myself. I'm just going to, you know, ride the coattails of yeah, these guys. No, we love having you on your own. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I love being here. You guys are great. The food's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Conversation's great. You know, Robopocalypse, I want to talk about this and then we'll move on from Jim. Robopocalypse, <laughs> I read this book. Okay. And it is, it took me a little bit to get into but it's pretty awesome. And so I'm stoked to see what they can do. I mean, this is like a robot uprising. It's the mm-hmm. closest thing you can get to it. And he builds a world in which you can believe it could happen and actually makes you begin to look at your electronics a little bit differently. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more cynical way. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's my microwave oven out to get me type thing. Um, but he does a real good job. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the book. I'm glad to hear that he enjoyed it too. Well, I'm knocking stuff all over the place here. Uh, the, the concept definitely sounds interesting. It's not going to be like... A- is it like iRobot at all? or No, you know, no, no, like not, a, not, not iRobot way, where robots kind of go haywire. This is a little bit different, and a little bit, little bit different of a premise for it. It's more like, it's called Robopocalypse because it's like the apocalypse, but done by robots, basically. They like decimate humanity. Okay. And human, there's these pockets of humanity that are kind of rising up and forming a uh, coalition to rise up back against the robots. Almost a little bit termer, Terminator premise, but not quite... The same. Oh, yeah. like Planet of the Apes, but with robots. Yeah, that's probably a good. Um, it's probably a okay. Good, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Well, we have one more listener. Well, we have one more listener email I want to read, and then we're gonna wrap up the show because we are running out of time here. Uh, David Griffin wrote in and said, "I just noticed that David Weber's first honor, Arrogant book on Basilisk Station is free for the Prime members on their Kindle store." So if you are interested, grab it. Great Starship Combat fitch, Fiction, fiction. if I can speak here, with interesting characters and believable battles. Upon taking command of her first cruiser, light cruiser, Honor and her tree cat companion take on the mission no one else wants. So what else is new? You'll never find a sharper, more dangerous, or more compelling strong female character than this one. Another interesting series is the Jack Campbell series, The Lost Fleet, the first book, Dauntless. The commander who loses his ship, saving his convoy at the opening of a war between two human empires, finds a war still going on 100 years later when the escape pod is picked up. Due to the enemy double-cross, he finds himself in command of a fleet and assigned the task of getting it back to home space through the gauntlet of enemy forces. And if you like superhero books... Wearing the Cape by Marion G. Harmon is about a young girl who has a breakthrough. Their word for acquiring powers suddenly went under stress and acquires power similar to Supergirl. The book and the ones that follow are about her life as a superhero. Lastly, The Confessions of a D-List Supervillain by Jim Bernheimer. Minor supervillain finds himself the last non-mind-controlled person on Earth. Can he step up to save the world? As you can see, I like book series. The first three of the first books in their series, the last one is a single work, and there are no sequels. Hmm. So what do you think of some of these books uh, he's recommending? Well, the... Um... Well, I... Okay. Go ahead. Oh, God. No, I, while you were reading it, I just went on Amazon and downloaded the, uh, the first book. Ah, it's free. I just... Uh, <laughs> on Basilisk Station. He had me at Starship, and then he totally had me at She... 
I did, I know nothing about this book. And right there, that that paragraph, tree cat companion. All right, don't be goofy about it. But I, I'm intrigued, so I just downloaded it. I'll read it on the treadmill. There you go. I might have to download it too. I haven't done that yet, but it's a good recommendation. Dave Weber was a guest at the uh, Shoreleaf Convention this yeah. past couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, so I was. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a. It'll be a probably a good series. The um, so the last two are kind of interesting. You know, wearing the cape and the confessions of a dealer dealer supervillain. Sap, the last one sounds almost humorous. It does, <laughs> doesn't it? Just the way it is. So. Uh, uh, but all probably compelling reads. And I love series. As you know, I got into the Wheel of Time series, so I'm probably not going to pick up a new series anytime soon unless I'm going to break in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I will. Maybe I'll have to do that. But All right. But thanks, Dave, for uh, for writing in and giving us your thoughts on some of the books that you're recommending. And so let us know if any of you out there read them and your thoughts on them. And we'd love to hear more of your thoughts, David. I believe that's about it. we got to wrap up the show. Okay. Uh, as always, if you want to share your thoughts about what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're seeing on the telly, and uh, what you're watching on the web, call us at one 888 5084 or send an MP3 or a written email to us at the sci at gmail.com. I believe that's about it. Let's get out of here. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Good night. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or Send an MP3 or typed email to sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com. Fantastic Four was getting a reboot? Uh, I've heard... Well, yeah, I saw one of the articles you posted. I I thought I was behind the times when I found that article, but I I was pinging a couple other friends, and it hasn't been making a lot of news. It hasn't been chatted about much. No, I haven't haven't seen much information, I mean, as far as on the web or anything else. So, I'm on IMDB, and they'll just put Fantastic Four in there, so... No cast list yet. Okay. It's that they start filming in Atlanta in um, September. Well, yeah, they're saying fan 2015. They're thinking. Yeah.
Because there's the article with the team up between the X-Men would be amazing. No, I, I'll definitely see what comes out. You guys ready to do the listener feedback show? Sure. Yeah, it's rock and roll. You got the show notes for that, Adam? Um, is it in the old notes? It should be. Okay. I'll see you. Please hold. Oh, there you are. Ta-da! Thank you for joining. Oh, right. dryer's done. Do you need to go change the wash? Nah, it's just the dryer. It'll just keep tumbling so it doesn't wrinkle. Oh, awesome. Very good. It's just bed sheets. I mean, please. <laughs> All right. Ready to go? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. 